welcome to Council 4 Unplugged, the podcast of the Council 4 AFSCME Union in New Britain. I'm Larry Dorman. Happy to be here again. Our union represents 35,000 hardworking women and men throughout Connecticut in the public and private sector. And with me again, as always, my colleagues, Zach Levy and Brian Anderson, who do a fantastic job uh, fighting the good fight uh, over at the state capitol and other places for us. Brian and Zach, how you doing? Doing all right. How about yourself? Doing, doing great, Larry. Doing great. Um, unfortunately, guys, I, I can't say that the nation uh, will be doing great or Connecticut will be doing great if the uh, what I call the tax deform bill being debated in Congress passes. And as we speak today, the United States Senate is preparing and uh, getting ready to cast a vote. Uh, we don't know the result, what the result will be, but it looks like it's headed toward passage it's, uh, and will go to the president's desk. Uh, but this is a bill that um, is, is the classic uh, Trojan horse um, because it, what's actually intended to help the middle class and working people uh, is going to be a gift uh, to the uh, corporations, to big corporations and the ultra wealthy. So, Brian, I'll kick it off from you. What's your understanding about uh, what's in this bill and what its impact will be on, on the services that uh, our, our members provide to the public? Well, the, this bill seems to be a total giveaway to the rich. It's yet another massive tax cut. Taxes for rich people have been cut seriously since President Reagan. Uh, they were massively cut by George W. Bush. In fact, that was the first time taxes on rich people in America were cut during the time of war. Uh, this will be another massive tax cut to the rich, particularly corporations. And it, it'll have a devastating effect on public services, obviously, uh, public services are provided through tax dollars, and this will be a massive uh, drain on tax dollars, according to every uh, e economist who's actually a real economist that's looked at this thing. What's your take, Zach? Yeah, I mean, I think that this is just more of the same that we've seen over the years from conservative majorities and corporate majorities that are, are out there trying to pass tax laws that benefit primarily their donors. And we know that because, you know, we have senators and congressmen saying that they have to pass this because their donors have asked for it. But the part that we need to be most concerned about is that the recent uh, analysis by the Joint Committee on Taxation, which is nonpartisan, it's Congress's uh, uh, tax analysis body, comes out and says that this is going to raise the deficit by a trillion dollars over 10 years. Now, we know what this will, will result in. It will result in fewer dollars at the state level. It will result in austerity. It will result in public service cuts and more, more layoffs. These are the kind of things that down the road is going to be a consequence of a bill that isn't even good for anyone that makes under a million dollars now. I want to read to both of you and get your reaction. Uh, there was a news analysis in the New York Times one of the people interviewed and quoted in the article is Edward Kleinbard, former chief of staff of the nonpartisan Congressional Joint Committee on Taxation. And he's now a law professor uh, at the University of Southern California. When you put all these pieces together, Kleinbard said, what you're left with is that we are squandering a giant sum of money. This is not aimed at growth. This is not aimed at the middle class. It is at every turn carefully engineered to deliver a kiss to the donor class. Uh, pretty uh, damning summary of, of what's really going on here, Brian. 
Yeah, Larry, it, it, it's just amazing. This is exactly the opposite of what Trump promised uh, the people who voted for him. He promised that he would raise taxes on the wealthy and uh, give everybody else a tax cut. Yet, it would appear that this bill will raise taxes on 87 million working families across the country. And as we said, hurt public services by draining dollars, uh, which are needed to rebuild our infrastructure, to provide police services, educate our children, uh, field armed uh, service and armed force that can protect us. Um, It'll increase the deficit by $1.4 trillion, according to the Congressional Budget Office, while triggering an automatic cut of $25 billion to Medicare next year and uh, growing over $400 billion in cuts to Medicare uh, over the next 10 years. So this thing is uh, a wrecking ball aimed right at the middle class. Well said. And, and Zach, I want to get your response to another uh, statement from a Nobel laureate economist, Joseph Stiglitz. Uh, now, what Stiglitz is talking about is the fact that really this, this tax deform bill is uh, another version, another variant of, of the uh, mythological trickle-down revival. And uh, Stiglitz, uh, again, Nobel laureate, uh, widely respected, uh, tremendously respected economist, said, quote, either it's a religious belief, a belief where no amount of evidence would change that, or they are using, they, uh, the proponents of this bill, are using the argument cynically, and they just want more money for themselves. And Mr. Stiglitz has long warned of the perils of growing inequality while deriding tax-cutting inclinations, yet even those who have favored lighter tax burdens are critical of the current proposal. And it goes on to talk about uh, many conservative uh, analysts, conservative uh, economists uh, and business people are also questioning uh, the, the harm that this, uh, questioning whether this bill will in fact uh, help the economy. What's your take, Zach? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right, that there, there's this myth that's been out there where if we just cut taxes for the wealthy, if we just cut taxes for all the billionaires who give money to political process in order to get bills that will, te- that will cut their taxes, that these people have, have got this myth out there that if you give them more money, they will simply pass that on to the middle class. While this budget does things like what Brian says, which is kick people off Medicare and force austerity. And we know that because when Gary Cohn, who was Trump's one of Trump's economic advisors, was in a room full of people and, and asked if they would you know, reinvest the money they would see from the tax cuts, almost no one raised their hand. Because it's this myth that the billionaires are the ones who create jobs. And they're not. The ones who create jobs are people like us, the working people, middle class, ones who, while we make more money, we then increase demand out of business because we have more money to spend. And then they can grow jobs. They can grow the economy, not just hoard it for themselves or put it in the stock market where primarily they see the returns to their own money. And, and Brian, you 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 often talk about it, and you did in our last podcast, um, and maybe you want to elaborate again for our our listeners. When you talk about a corporate... Uh, conservative element that seems to have overtaken politics at the state and national level. Explain what you mean by that and how that relates or how that informs uh, what looks like uh, is going to be passed at the federal level. There's been a problem that uh, Warren Buffett, uh, usually the second richest man in America, has eloquently stated of uh, a class war. And Warren Buffett says that the class war is his class against the rest of us. And Buffett laments this. Buffett says, sadly, 
uh, my class, meaning the billionaires and, and hedge fund millionaires and such, it, is winning. Uh, Buffett said this because he discovered that his secretary was paying a higher percentage of her income in taxes uh, than he as a billionaire was paying. And uh, it, it, it's it, amazing, Larry, that uh, President Eisenhower came out and decried uh, Kennedy and Johnson's efforts to cut the top rate on rich people for taxes uh, back in the 60s. There used to be a rate of 95%. Uh, no one paid that, but rich people would pay about half of their annual income in taxes if they were among the super rich. Eisenhower basically said our tax structure should be a settled issue as far as rich people uh, paying taxes. And what we saw is President Reagan cut that rate in half. We've seen uh, cut after cut. And this is just more of the push to the bottom. This uh, tax plan will seriously increase inequality. And like Zach said, uh, to quote Bloomberg News, major companies including Cisco Systems, Pfizer, and Coca-Cola say they'll turn over most of the gains from this proposed corporate tax cut to their shareholders. In other words, make rich people richer at the expense of the public. Well said. And, Zach, I want to get your response to something. Because uh, trying to prepare for this show, I going through um, various responses and analyses of, of, of the tax reform, of the federal tax reform. And as I said before, uh, many corporations, um, many wealthy people are, are actually questioning the, the utility and the wisdom of, of, of this package. So uh, Douglas Holtz Aiken, who is the former director of the C Congressional Budget Office, He's now the president of American Action Forum, which is a nonprofit group that promotes smaller government. So certainly I'm not a friend of, of, of organized labor and of, of working people. Nonetheless, uh, Mr. Holtz Aiken said that when re recent history suggests that when corporations get tax relief, they find abundant uses for money that do not involve paying higher wages. They give dividends to shareholders and stock options to executives, or they stash earnings in tax havens. What's your take, Zach? Yeah, I think that we've seen that play out time and time again, that when when these big corporations get massive tax breaks, the first thing they do is they'll give their CEO a bonus. And then the next thing they'll do is they'll pay out all their shareholders, which you have to have a certain amount of money to be able to see enough of a profit from that. So they're essentially it's rich people helping out rich people while not passing on any of those savings. That's why we've seen wage stagnation in this country for decades. That's why we've seen uh, uh, you know, 90 95% of all new wealth that's created go to the top 1% because they're basically taking this money, our money, that is, you know, we're going to be end up footing the bill for in higher taxes, and in Connecticut, especially not having the state and local tax deduction anymore because this bill gets rid of it, money that goes to them, they're then giving to other rich people. And it's this cycle where us in the working class and us in labor are, fought, are, are stuck fighting off austerity and trying to fight for the scraps instead of being able to rightfully have some of that money uh, uh, have our ability to share in some of those profits from our own work. You know, you, you hit on something very important, and people just need to understand whatever your um, political and persuasion is, wh whatever economic philosophy is subscribed to. The uh, fact is people want uh, decent quality. They want quality public services. Uh, they want safe and decent communities in which to live. And 
if this tax bill, in fact, does what it looks like it's going to do, which is widen inequality, um, our, the cities and towns, Connecticut cities and towns, and the people who live in those communities are going to find themselves with fewer resources um, that, that help people um, in, in need. And um, uh, one analysis I'm looking at shows that um, higher tax states like California, New York, New Jersey, and yes, Connecticut, um, where people, uh, where voters in particular, have, have really shown a willingness to, to finance the safety net programs that help keep the economy fair and keep it moving, um, this tax reform could actually magnify the cost to taxpayers and it could pressure states um, to, to kind of, and, and municipalities to, to go lean even if they don't want to. And that frightens me. It, it should, Larry. Uh, basically, uh, Things like municipal services, state services, are at greatly risk from this plan. Uh, they're going to have to pick up the cost, towns and cities and, and states, that are going to come from Social Security and Medicare cuts that uh, this plan can generate. Uh, it basically, it, it, the National Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare is saying that there could be $25 billion a year in cuts generated uh, by this tax giveaway to corporations. Right now, uh, corporations are supposed to pay a 35% rate on their income. They don't pay anything near that. We just saw that Apple uh, was discovered to be paying a 1% rate rather than a 35% because of the massive loopholes, because they offshore their money in Ireland. What this bill does is reduce that rate from 35% to 20%, yet gets rid of none of the loopholes that President Trump promised to get rid of uh, during the campaign. So it, it's going to vastly increase uh, the pressure to cut. Uh, Republicans in the U.S. Senate and U.S. House are talking about Social Security, Medicare cuts. Those cuts will directly push the pressure of trying to take care of sick people and all people onto the states and local governments. It's sort of uh, forcing America to become a third world country. Sadly, we've seen a lot of the states below the Mason-Dixon line uh, become almost like third world states. And uh, this is just going to create more of the same. Yeah, Brian, I wanted to follow up on, on, on two things you said, which is one, the, the cutting of Social Security and Medicare, which is, you know, this isn't some uh, conspiracy or, or, or thought that we just had. It actually was said by Senator Marco Rubio. He said the first step is cutting taxes. The next step is cutting Medicare and Social Security. So I think he said, you know, the, he said the quiet part loud instead of whispering it or something. And uh, on top of that, you know, when you talk about public service cuts at the state municipal level, we, we've already seen this happen. In 2008, in 2009, 2010, when the economy was, you know, really struggling because of federal deficits we, and the economy had just crashed, much like this will this will balloon our deficits and, and cause more cuts to be had, we saw what the results were, which is Wisconsin went right after labor. New Jersey went right after labor. Ohio and Indiana went right after labor. Michigan went right after labor. And it's this constant push to squeeze the middle and working class that's this self-fulfilling prophecy, which is we're going to cut taxes and we're going to cut everything from the government having money, and then we're going to force cuts, which then force pe working people to to not have the rights or lose the rights that they had through their union like we've seen in Wisconsin and other states throughout the country. Uh, 
we're coming up to the end of this podcast, and Brian, it seems to me that um, I, I know that we've painted a very realistic picture of, of gloom and doom that, that the, the public needs to understand. Um, we always say elections have consequences, and, and perhaps, Brian, one of the solutions in terms of people fighting back, I mean, there are many ways to, to fight back, and we're going to have to, but certainly people need to keep their eyes on the midterm elections as well as the state elections. Um, what, what's your take on that? Uh, this is going to be a crucial election, Gary. In Connecticut, Larry, in Connecticut, we're going to pick a governor. We have uh, both houses of the General Assembly nearly tied. Uh, we saw in a Republican state budget that actually passed both houses massive cuts uh, in programs to provide medical help to elderly folks, to working families. Uh, who can't afford to insure their children. There's a state CHIP program. Uh, we saw a, a Republican want to cut that program and then to cut other programs that help working people like the earned income tax credit. You don't get it if you don't have a job. Uh, these aren't people who are at, out and out on welfare. They're people who want to work and are trying to work but are receiving wages so, so low that they can't uh, make it. This coming election is going to decide if things get better for working families or get worse. Uh, right now, uh, the U.S. Census reports that 50% of all American families are working poor. When I was a kid, it was about one in six. And tax policy is going to dictate winners and losers. Spending policy is going to dictate winners and losers. And, and things got a little better after Governor Malloy vetoed the Republican uh, state budget that, that really forced gigantic cuts to towns, gigantic cuts to higher education. Uh, some of that got, got restored. And the state budget that passed, but it was a compromise budget that really cut uh, medical service for elderly folks, um, all those things that are important to, to working families. And, and this election, hopefully people are looking at, at economic issues um, and not wedge issues, it, the issues that divide us. And uh, we'll make a, a smart choice. Final words, Zach? I, I think Brian sums it up that, you know, over the next uh, uh, year, year and a half, as we move forward to the midterms, as we, you know, try to follow what's coming at the national and state level, is just... You know, people have to really make sure that uh, you fight for yourself and fight for your brothers and sisters and fight for your union, and uh, we'll, see, we'll see how we come out on the other side. And we will come out on the other side. Brian Anderson and Zach Levy, thanks again. Uh, we're having a blast doing this. We're going to keep it going. Uh, our next program is going to uh, tackle a, a very important topical issue of uh, sexual harassment and how unions and union representation uh, can help uh, fight uh, that scourge. Uh, in the meantime, we will be back soon. This is Larry Dorman for Council 4 Unplugged. Please be sure to check out our union's website at www.council4.org. We're on Facebook at Council 4 AFSME, Instagram at Council 4 AFSME, and of course on Twitter at AFSCMECT numeral 4, AFSCMECT 4. So keep it safe, keep well out there, keep fighting the good fight for working people, and we'll be back soon. Thanks a lot.